There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your hosts, Jim and Chuck. And uh, we have a packed episode today, Chuck, because this is what I'm going to be calling In Case You Missed It, uh, because we've missed a lot of news. Like, we can only cover as much as uh, as much as we can, given the topics that we're going to talk about. But this is 100% news. We're covering comics, video games for the first time in forever, Ooh. Uh, TV, and movies. So let's uh, let's get into it. And I also have my pick of the week. Because, you know, it's Wednesday and new comics are out. And we've got a lot of other discussions coming up. So this is the perfect time for all this stuff that we can kind of get out into the market. So somebody who we talk about on the podcast a ton, one of my favorite writers, uh, was recently in hot hot water because he made a comment about um, Comicsgate with an artist that did a variant of his comic. He since apologized. So I'm going to talk about this anyway. Tom King is writing a new Rorschach comic. So it's a 12-issue maxi-series beginning October 13th, and it features a story that takes place 35 years after the death of Rorschach at the end of Watchmen. So the question is, are you going to pick it up? Um, Depends. Uh, if the 12 issues doesn't take a year and a half like, um, <clears throat> like Doomsday Clock, because what was it? Twelve issues, and it took about a year and a half, two years, right? Yeah, it was long. It was it was very long. It was the same thing with uh, Batman Damned. Do you remember that? Yeah, and what the crazy thing is, like, you get the issue, you read it, and then three months later, you got to read it again when the next issue comes out because you don't remember what it said. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a like this maxi stuff is like a binge. Like you have to like get it all at once and binge it. Yeah, because that's what I should have done with that, you know, because they weren't, they weren't long reads, but the whole thing, you know, I should have got all of it all at once, you know, in a series, in like a uh, trade or any something like that. And um, I, I always like Rorschach out of the Watchmen. He's one of my favorite, um, mainly because I didn't know much about Watchmen until the movie came out and Jackie O'Haley kind of put me on that track and um we were actually supposed to meet Jackie O'Haley at the defunct uh, Comic-Con this year. Let's talk about all the people we were supposed to meet this year. <laughs> like, that's the craziest thing. And officially, New York Comic-Con was canceled yesterday. Yeah, that's not a surprise. Everyone was like, I can't believe they canceled it. I'm like, do you watch the news? Like, New York's like a, the epicenter. Like, we're right down the street, so we, we kind of hear everything about, like, what's going on in New York. But... Jesus, you thought New York was going to happen when San Diego got canceled and everything else? That's wild. But back to Rorschach. I'm sorry. I digress. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll have to see uh, who's doing the artwork. Do, they, do you know? Uh, it's, there's like four other people working on it. Okay. I can't remember their names. Because the artwork on Doomsday Clock was pretty good. But he didn't write Doomsday Clock. No, no. But whoever did the artwork, it was good for the Watchmen. Um I, I'm i going to have to wait okay. and, and see this. Uh, I definitely would like to pick it up, but it might be a, a, like you said, kind of a binge. Wait till it's all done and then pick it up. All right. So this is one thing before I go into my choice. Uh, remember what Steve Orlando said. If you buy trades, it's the death of uh, comic book creators getting paid. Yeah. So don't break the golden rule. Anyway. Um I'm picking this up, number one, because it's Tom Taylor. Um, He wrote Mr. Miracle, 2018, Eisner Award winner, 
I love that series. It was the comic of the year for me. Then he's out now with uh, Strange Adventures of Adam Strange. And his artwork is a little like the art that he usually does it with like Clayman and Clayman's stuff is really good and Mitch Gerard's and his stuff is really good. So I'm thinking that he's really picky at finding his artist and DC lets him pick because he seems to be like cream of the crop at DC, like whatever yeah. him, Tom Taylor, Scott Snyder, whatever they want, they get. Uh, this is a definite pickup for me because the main thing is I want to know is who, who's under that hood, who's under the mask. Yeah, I mean, 35 years after Rorschach actually dies. Yeah. You know, is it going to be someone we know? Is it going to be, you know, maybe a child of somebody or... Um, yeah. Is it going to be Dr. Manhattan? That would be super weird. Because he's everywhere. Let's not yeah. let's not move away from him. He's everywhere. Or is it going to be the dude from Doomsday Clock? Yeah. Uh, Kovac. Remember? Kovac? Or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Maybe, or maybe yeah. it's someone entirely different. So we'll have to see. October. I would uh, like to see someone when it comes out. I would like to see someone different. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'd like it to be a, a whole new character, whole new iteration, or maybe like just a, a familiar face that maybe like Tim Drake is uh, Rorschach. Because be like crazy. you know, Tim Drake really hasn't had anything since he was Savior for a, a cup of coffee. So yeah. I'd like to see. I'd like to see Tim Drake get some love, but you know what's gonna happen. It's gonna be Joker. Yeah, it's gonna be Lois Lane. Oh God! I'll I will if that happens. That'll be our first Patreon video. I will burn every Tom King book I have if it's Lois Lane. I'll burn all my DC stuff if that's the case. All right, let's move away before I get infuriated by that. Um, everybody's favorite Golden Boy, Keanu Reeves. Uh, we've talked about this in person. I don't think we ever brought it up on the comic. Uh, he's or on the podcast. He is co-writing a comic. Yeah. Yeah, so the series is called Berserker. So if you can't spell it, uh, if you can spell it, take all the vowels out, and that's how it's spelled. Uh, and it will run 12 issues and is being co-written by Matt Kent, uh, who's done some Valiant work. He does Justice League of America and some Spider-Man. So he's an established writer. It's not Keanu and this brand-new guy coming up and writing a storyline. Uh, but the storyline will, in fact, follow the journey of a vicious demigod who has been wandering the earth to find answers to the questions about his existence. And it comes out October 7th. So another 12-issue run. Are you getting Keanu's first run? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, the artwork looks exactly like him, of course. Mm-hmm. And to me, this is just a, hey, let's make this, and it's going to be a movie. Yeah, yeah. The In fact, the next one I have has a movie written all over it. It seems like this is what's happening. And this is a is a good thing for comics because celebrities who have huge followings are going to bring more people to the written traits. Saying, okay, here you go. Buy these comics, read these comics, absorb these comics, and with any hope, you're going to fall in love with other titles that are comparable to this. That's awesome. But it's kind of bad for comic creators because their stuff gets pushed to the wayside because yeah. celebrities are now writing comics. Uh, with that being said... I'm going to get this because it's going to be a movie. Uh, I think anything Keanu touches from here on out is going to be a movie. Yeah. Um, he's got the video game. That'll probably be a movie in 10 years. Uh, probably not with Keanu, but with somebody else. You know what I mean? It's just one of these things that he's a lightning rod for people to see his stuff, regardless if it's good or bad. And I don't think he's put anything bad out since he really had this resurgence again. No. So 
yeah, I'm going to get this. It looks like October is going to be uh, an expensive month for me again <laughs> uh, because I got this. I got uh, the Rorschach stuff. And, of, of course, Marvel's probably going to start another 85-issue per week event like Empire. Uh, last one before we do my pick of the week, and it's another celebrity. And I preface this that I think this has an HBO Max movie written all over it. Oscar Isaacs is right, is working on adapting a graphic novel at Legendary Comics. And it's legendary, the same legendary uh, as Legendary Pictures. Okay. All right, so here's here's what it's called. It's called Head Wound Sparrow, and it follows a crooked cop named Leroy Guidry, uh, who looks exactly like Oscar Isaac, and his journey after experiencing head and head injury, which makes him aware of a spiritual war waging outside the boundaries of human perception. Leo will have to find a way to save humankind while overcoming his inner demons and lack of empathy. Um, this is going to be, it's already written. It's just going to be adapt. Like the story is written, but not in graphic novel form. So they're going to adapt it into a graphic novel. And it's with two of his like childhood best friends. Does that not scream movie? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Is this something you'd pick up? This isn't a comic. This is a novel, graphic novel. Uh, probably not. I mean, it, it sounds really cool, uh, depending on the artwork, but I, that's not some. I don't know. I don't see me picking that up. Yeah, the artwork looks cool. It's like neo punk a little bit, like uh, futuristic. I like. I like the artwork, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about just. I don't know. This is one of those things that is like, are you just latching on to your famous friend to get a comic out there and potentially make a movie? I don't know. I like Oscar Isaac. We'll see when it comes out, and we'll see at that price point. I know Legendary could be some uh, put out some expensive prices, so we'll see. Last one, my pick of the week. Um, and I feel like this is a trend, and I need to stop uh, talking about this person because he's not coming on the podcast. Uh, this is a Tom Taylor production. This is Tom Taylor's Seven Secrets, and uh, it's from Boom Studios. It comes out today as this is recorded, and the story is, For centuries, the Order has trusted in keepers and holders to guard the secrets in seven briefcases against all harm. But when their stronghold is attacked and the secrets are put in peril, the entire order must face their greatest fears, an enemy who knows too much and is willing to kill to get what he wants. Now the order's newest member, Caspar, must discover the truth of the secrets before the enemy does or risk losing everything. Now it's my pick of the week because number one, Tom Taylor is gold. Everything he writes is amazing. But two, if you're a comic collector and you're looking for something to not be an investment, but to kind of gain some traction to be worth some money a little bit later. Uh, this one's it. It sold out two weeks before it was even released. Wow. So uh, Boom Studios is on the come up. I know they're getting, they signed a first look deal with Netflix a few months back that we talked about. So yeah. this is, this could be a, their superhero genre where they're able to kind of start another series on Netflix. Uh, and Tom, like I said, Tom Taylor, if you don't know him, you haven't listened to our podcast in the last three months, but he does deceased. He did uh, injustice. He's doing another injustice, another injustice. He does a lot of injustice and zombie stuff, but uh, he, he's absolute gold and he's also writing Suicide Squad. So my question, Chuck, it's not Marvel. It's not DC. It's not big girls. Are you picking this up? Uh, n- probably not. I do have a lot of Boom Studio stuff. Um, I, I think... The biggest thing I have. What are you reading from Boom Studios? Um, the biggest thing I have actually is uh, Planet of the Apes meets Green La- uh, Lantern. Oh yeah, that one from like 2018. Yeah, it was weird. I liked it, uh, but yeah, I had that um, or have that. Uh, probably not. 
I mean, it does sound cool. Um, and with Boom Studios uh, working with Netflix, definitely sounds like something, you know, the next Umbrella Academy. Um, Maybe. And, you know, Netflix has been putting out good superhero content. And, yep. um, you know, October two- Faction. Okay, maybe not. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not, I don't believe it's a comic book, but uh, um, Project Power comes out in two days. And yeah. that is a very superhero esque movie. Um, looks pretty good. I'm going to watch it. But they're very, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, when Marvel took all their stuff out of Netflix and even DC took some of their stuff that the little stuff they had, you know, people worried, like, what are they going to do? They definitely dove deep and paid attention to indie comics, a lot of image stuff. Um, the Millarverse eventually is going to come, hopefully, because we haven't heard anything from that. I know. And he's like a chief executive over there. Like, he's yeah. the director of something. Like, and there's nothing. Like, Prodigy was a de- was said to be a movie. That didn't happen. Old Guard got, annou- got announced, made, and distributed before anything. Yeah. But they're, I think they're doing a really good job with their adaptive comic book properties. Um, you know, of course, you know, we are going to say October Fashion Tour were blue in the face because it was so bad. But, yeah. you know, that was one dud. And they've, I, I feel they have a lot more hits than they do duds. So, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it's smart. that uh, They picked up Boom Studios, and this definitely sounds like something uh, they can adapt into a movie or a series. Um, yeah, I think this uh, I think this should run its course, honestly, with the comics, whether it's a 12 or it's like a 50-issue run. Because you don't want to get to a point where it's Game of Thrones-like and you're letting the executives create the ending. Uh, I think that's a problem. But if they're going to go Boom Studios, they always have Lumberjanes in the in the wings waiting. But if the first thing I want is Something's Killing the Children, I think that that is uh, the best follow-up they could possibly have to Stranger Things on Netflix. Yeah, that would be cool. I don't. I, I know you're not reading Something's Killing the Children, but uh, it's definitely nah. something I think is is super super awesome and it's in the vein of Stranger Things. Let's move into video games because you know the quarantine has made us uh, gamers. Uh, three, you not me so much, but yeah, because you're you're still working. Yeah. But we got three we got three video games coming out. Um, well, I guess let's say we have one confirmed video game coming out. Two that were hinted. Uh, the first one, the com- confirmation is Suicide Squad, yeah. the video game coming from Rocksteady Studio or Rocksteady Games, the same people that did Batman Arkham series, which is awesome. Uh, and all we know is that there's a poster, and it's got Superman, and it's got a target on his head, and it says Target acquired, Suicide Squad, more to come at DC Fandom. Is this something just based off the title that you would pick up? One hundred percent. Okay. I love the Arkham games. The graphics are great. The gameplay was great. Um, the story's great. So to throw this in there and another Rocksteady DC property and Suicide Squad, I mean, you could do so much with it. Yeah, it opens up the. It definitely opens up the door for uh, multiplayer. Uh, I guess like not in the sense of like when we were kids and we played Super Mario and I was Mario and you were Luigi. More in the sense of I can be Bronze Tiger and you can be Black Manta from your house. Yeah. And we can kind of link up and then Tom can play and then everybody from Philly can play. And I, I, I'm going to get it. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I think, um, you know, DC Fandom is going to have a lot more stuff to come out. I mean, we 
we're gonna pref like preview DC fandom next week. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think these next two titles that were kind of teased slash leaked slash caused the small internet fire are uh, gonna be talked about more at DC fandom as well. Uh, that's Injustice Three, yeah, and another and another Batman series, another Batman game. So. When the Injustice stuff came out, I'll talk about that first because we know bat- their Batman stuff is gold. They're they're not going to half-ass their Batman stuff. Yeah. The in- the Injustice game, it kind of goes back to what we talked about in the beginning. It's alluded to the Watchmen being included in this. So my question is, could the Injustice game be a dis- uh, disguise for Doomsday Clock? Whew. Um, I could see that, seeing that being a possibility. I mean it would really be cool to bring some of those characters because, you know, uh, Injustice 1 was great. And then they brought some great new characters in Justice 2. And my favorite, Blue Beetle. Um, yep. But it would really cool to see um, Dr. Manhattan. Uh, if they're going to, I mean, I guess Marionette, that would be kind of weird, but... I'd like cutscenes with Marionette. And the mime, I think that that would be pretty cool. Um, and then comedian would obviously be there. Yeah, he that would be cool. Uh, Rorschach. I mean, yeah, I don't know what what's Rorschach gonna do. Let's be honest, his face gonna change the whole time. I mean, I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know how that would work. I mean, Harley Quinn is human. And yeah, but she's also like a world class gymnast and has hyenas. Yeah, true. I don't know, um, but I, I mean, Doctor Manhattan would probably be the most one of the most powerful people in the game. I would think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it would be cool if they like brought. Didn't wasn't um, Flashpoint Batman part of that storyline too for a hot second? Everyone was part of that storyline for a hot second. So like the possibilities are endless at this point. Yeah. Now, it wouldn't be. I mean, I would love. I he he wouldn't fit in the storyline, but friggin'. Batman who laughs. I I feel like listen, man. If they're gonna put Rorschach in it, then Batman who laughs definitely needs to be in it. Yeah, uh, he's like their hottest selling commodity right now. Putting him in there and like the Robin King, that would be pretty cool. Uh, I I mean, I would definitely want that. Uh, another thing, like if you if you can, like if you think about it, for example, like Tom Taylor's writing another Injustice as we speak now, and it's against like with the JSA. So could we see Wildcat, Star Girl? Uh, you know the 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 true JSA Hour Man. See these guys in there. It would definitely be expanded the universe of JSA. Um, you know, for people that don't watch Star Girl or Legends, that the JSA had a, a brief run in. Um, it would be cool to see definitely uh, more characters being brought into, which definitely going to happen, obviously. Um, and. I think, you know, they got their, a lot of times, you know, a lot of the well-known players have already been established. So their next step is going to the people that you might not know. And yeah. uh, that'll be really, really cool to see. Yeah, I'd like to see, like, Etrigan come in there, uh, some some bad guys, Clarion, the Witch Boy, obviously. Um, you know, some, some really good villains i'd like to see them come up because like atrocitus getting at it was cool they could like i don't really need the mortal Kombat crossover i'm not a big fan of that no. uh in injustice at least but no. like they introduced swamp thing uh, black lightning would be awesome clay static face. shock 
yeah, Clayface was perfect for Injustice. Yeah. So the possibilities are endless with that. Are you going to pick up the new Batman series or Batman game? Uh, I would have to say the first two we talked about are definite pickups. Uh, the Batman one, I would have to see what the story and gameplay is. Um, yeah. is it, I mean, is it going to be rock steady? I believe so. Yeah. I think they're the only ones who can work on it. I mean, you know, they haven't really steered us wrong in any of the, uh, Batman Arkham games, so, but I would really like to see what the story is going to be about. Yeah, I'd also like them to kind of capitalize on the video game boom right now with quarantine and say, hey, we're going to make a Superman game or a Wonder Woman game in the vein of Batman. And not everything has to be Batman. No. Um, it'd be cool to play around with some other toys. But, you know, we'll see. DC Fandom, August 22nd. So about 10 days away from now, we'll, we'll figure out some more and we'll be able to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, let's go to TV. I got some, um, I got some good news. I Now, these are... I try to stay away from rumors. We have some rumors at the end, but I got some uh, some news because people have been doing like live Zoom interviews with like Wizard World and stuff. So pretty recently, they had the producers and creators of the X Men animated series, a series yeah. that you and I love. Like we both love that series. And one of the producers said, "There's talks of it coming back." Now we knew this. Yeah. Like we knew this about a year ago because obviously everybody jumped to speculation, saying like, "Wow." If Disney Plus is bringing this back, they're going to bring back X-Men, blah, blah, blah. Do you want this to come back? Yeah, if it's from the same creators or the same creative mind, obviously, you know, it was 30 years ago. Um, close to 30 years now. But, yeah. um, oh, definitely. You know, uh, that was one of the few things that shaped me into the superhero world. Um you know, other stuff has created, but that was a that was a huge aspect. You know, uh, every Saturday morning, watching that was a staple in my house. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like the introduction to X Men to our generation. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, when it first came out, I was just getting into comics, and but I didn't have access to. You know, obviously I was young, so I didn't I couldn't drive to the store and stuff like that. So having the these superheroes on your television um, was a big deal, and you know that series is fantastic. And I started rewatching it a little bit ago, um, but I got sidetracked by other things. But it still holds up. Yeah. Today. It, it's it's yeah it, it's a good series. It's not it's not Batman Beyond where we've like kind of kind of eclipsed that technology and we're kind of almost in that future but uh, i think that this is a a great launching off point because uh they don't really have their signature marvel cartoon and Mm -hmm. marvel has kind of taken the put the x-men on like in the corner for so long in the movies and in the comics and tv you know they try and they try but they don't put 100 percent effort into it mainly because they didn't have 100 percent ownership of it so now that they have 100 percent ownership of it this would be the best way to do it introduce uh kids to like a friendlier like a kid friendlier version of x-men because obviously they're not going to be able to see deadpool uh until they're 17 or if you're 15 if your parents are cool uh but i think that this is this is good man uh it also brings me to uh james gunn's top five x-men that he would want to see did you see this no i did not all right so i'm gonna hit you with these five um got wolverine Okay. Kitty Pride, Storm, Phantom X, and Dupe. Dupe is like Slimer. 
He he's like a potato. Yeah, he's like a green. He he reminds me a lot of Slimer. He's just a yeah, big and he, blob. Yeah, and he can hold people and things in his body because he's got dimensions in there. Uh, it's a it was a very weird team, but I don't expect anything else from James Gunn. Yeah. Uh, you know, we see Guardians, and we all we're gonna see what Suicide Squad has to entail. I'm pretty sure one of his key members is Javelin. So. You know, he's somebody who takes those D-list players and makes them A-list at, at some point in time. So uh, let's move from X-Men to a former X-Men member, cast member, Sean Ashmore. Yeah. Surprisingly, like a month before it comes out, a new casting to season two of The Boys. He's going to play Lamplighter. For those of you guys who don't know who Lamplighter is, I won't spoil it. But what I will say is he is a former member of The Seven who retired and opened up that spot for Starlight. So when Starlight was getting recruited, it was because Lamplighter, and I'm pretty sure they alluded to his retirement in season one. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Iceman now becoming Lamplighter? Uh, I mean, good for him. You know, get, getting another big series. Um, I always get him and his brother mixed up because they look, you know, exactly alike. Because for a while, I didn't even know he had a brother. I just thought, I was like, man, this guy's yeah. been working everywhere. He was in, like, Warehouse 13, and then, you know, I thought he was in Following, and... It was Aaron. It was Aaron. Yeah, he was in Killjo- He was in Killjoys, and I, me and Tom were like, oh, he's got a brother. I think Sean was in the Following, the Kevin Bacon series. He was. Um, and then his brother was in uh, Lock and Key. Yeah, Uncle uh, Funky Unky. Yeah, something like that. But uh, they, and it, I like I know they're identical twins, but they're they talk, they act like it's yes, they're perfect. They're perfect to play each other. If there's yeah. a Sean Ashmore biopic, Aaron Ashmore can play him. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm on board. You know, I don't know much about Lamplighter, but you know, uh, the first season of The Boys was amazing, so I don't see anything less from this season. Yeah, man. I tell this is what I will say without spoiling anything. Uh, forget everything you know about Sean Ashmore as a person because he's going to make you hate him for a very long time uh, if they capture the true essence of Lamplighter. Um, I think it's awesome. I think he was great as Iceman, and I think because this is my thought. If they were going to recast the X-Men, I would be fine with Sean Ashmore coming back as like an older Iceman. Or Aaron coming back as Sean. That was my other thought. Like, you know, you've, you've technically recast it, but you have somebody else. Or, like, I like how I like how he portrayed his character in all the X-Men movies that he was involved in. I'd like to see him come back as a different character. Maybe Pyro or, not like, a villain. Just to kind of get him in there. But, he, he listen, he might have a, a huge career coming on with the boys. Like, see, they got season three already. It's It's going to be a whole new world for Mr. Ashmore. Also brings me to some more Iceman talk. So everything kind of is like a puzzle. As I was creating this this list of stuff we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. like I, it, it was like X Men, then Sean Ashmore, and then now there's Iceman talk. It's like layers to this. Colton Haynes, our boy who played Roy in Arrow, uh, wants to play Iceman in Marvel. What do you think? No. Really? No, I'm out. Oh, I can see it. I can totally see it, and especially if they go with the. The current version of Iceman, who is an openly gay character, I yeah. think Colt Haynes is a perfect. He, I mean, Colt Haynes can be fit. He looks younger. I mean, he'd be a good uh, mentor to the to younger version of X Men. Uh, I don't know. I'm I wasn't a big fan of him as Roy. 
Um, and then, you know, the only other thing I seen him was American Horror Story. And I wasn't a big fan of him in that either. So, I would have to pass on that. Okay. I can, I can totally see it, but it's not a debate. Uh, the last thing is a, another series, comic series, is now being picked up into a Amazon Prime television series. And that series is called Paper Girls and is written yeah. by Brian K. Vaughn with art from Cliff Chiang. And it follows four paper girls who inadvertently get caught between two warring factions of time travelers. Now I know this is a book you would have never picked up and never read, no. even if there was a gun to your head. But based on that, is this a series that you would watch? I'm not against watching it. Uh, you know, I'm more inclined to watch something than pick up the comic book. Um, only because I have a short attention span. And if I pick something up and I don't like it, I just felt, then I don't continue it. I'm more likely to watch something like the first season of 10 episodes. And, uh, you know, if I don't like it, I won't watch season two. But um, I definitely watch it. Amazon puts out good stuff. I'm, uh, I love the boys. I like the tick when it came out. So um, I'm on board of watching it. I just probably would never pick up the comic. I will say Paper Girls is dope. Um, I was reading it last year. I haven't picked up any. Like, I haven't finished it, but it's on my long list of things to finish. But it's going to be awesome. The way it's written uh, is very reminiscent of a TV series, you know, storyboard, it seems. Um, Brian K. Vaughn is a genius. Why the Last Man is coming in... 50 years but it's yeah. still happening um saga is one of my favorite comic book series so what he touches he's the equivalent to tom taylor and scott scott um scott snyder and tom king steve orlando my favorite writers is is uh, brian k vaughn so i'm definitely going to pick this up i'm definitely going to finish it and i'm going to watch the this series because i think it's going to be awesome now you ready to move to movies yeah all right, so we posted this on our Instagram, and if you're not following, it's The Active Geek, and uh, you're missing out because uh, I work hard on those posts. So I made one of these, and it's uh, about Nia DaCosta, and we talked about her in, I, I believe it was either April or May, and she was supposed to be doing uh, Candyman, and she still did yeah. Candyman. She finished Candyman, but she just got her second job or her next big job, and uh, it's Captain Marvel too, man. She's going to direct it. What do you think about this? Uh, I'm fine with it. You know, I've never seen anything Nia DaCosta has directed, but uh, Candyman looks amazing. Yeah. Um, it looks like a really fresh spin on it, and it's good to see another woman director um, getting a Marvel movie. Um, you know, they haven't ha had a single female director. Marvel, um, with Captain Marvel was a duo of a man and a woman so um this is the first time that they're actually having a woman direct a uh, movie which is awesome and uh you know i i liked captain marvel i thought it was a cool spin on the franchise would being based in the 90s so um this would this is a really fresh take and it, it's it's neat to see uh, a new upcoming director getting a chance at a marvel movie 
Yeah, I mean, this screams Marvel. It, it screams giving somebody who is on the cusps of greatness mm-hmm. a chance to really take off. And Candyman, I think, is going to be good. I think it's going to, one, touch on the nostalgia horror fans. Two, it's going to introduce a, a pretty badass character to new horror fans. And three, it's going to showcase uh, the trust that Jordan Peele had for Nia DaCosta. And I think that this is going to be a good move. And if rumors are to be believed, and I know we kind of take them lightly because in the world we live in, the geek world, uh, rumors come out of every different direction. But the the main villain was supposed to, like, is rumored to be Rogue. And this could be the launching off point for uh, Rogue into the universe. And we did a Captain Marvel episode last year, right before the movie came out. And we kind of alluded to the, the weird mishandlings of carol danvers and rogue is at the center point of that in 1981 they went into this whole weird like captain marvel got pregnant by the sentient being who didn't know that she was like he didn't she didn't know she was pregnant she was just using a spot it was weird um avengers 200 if you want more on that i'm not even gonna do it any justice that's like a six hour part youtube series that i need to do but rogue is at the center point of this because she ends up stealing captain marvel's powers and she steals carol's powers and I think having that on there, you could really just open up the world to uh, um, the X-Men later in life. But, you know, giving, I guess, giving Carol a little more purpose than the Skrulls. Yeah, I mean, I would be kind of weird to make Rogue a villain. Yeah. Um, you know, because from the movies and the comics and the animated show, she's very powerful. But I never looked at her as a villain. Um it would be a good way to bring in the X-Men, but I'm not necessarily sold on that idea. Well, I mean, it's a, it was a pretty big storyline in the comics, so it, it's not like they're just saying, like, she's yeah. going to be bad. Um, you got to think about it from a movie perspective and where we're at in the movies. The X-Men haven't been introduced yet, so no. in, in the Marvel Universe... Everything that's new is dangerous, and everything that is dangerous is viewed as a threat, and everything that's viewed as a threat is a villain. So at this point, you could bring Rogue in. Rogue is just trying to kind of either learn about her powers, trying to control them, or just trying to exist. And Carol comes in, she grabs Carol, takes her powers by accident, you know what I mean? And then that's like your your adventure and trying to figure out how to get the powers back. And that's where Talos and the rest of the scrolls come in, and you could... You could, you know, um, Jude Law and Minerva are following Carol's trail and all that stuff. But I think, you know, this could be cool because it it's a subtle way, like we've been talking about, bringing the X-Men in. You don't have to bring in the school, but if you bring in the characters and you bring in mutants, it gives you a better chance to kind of keep things going while staying true to the comics. And then also kind of retconning the the bad take that and the bad handling that they did with uh, Miss Marvel and captain marvel back in the 80s because it was a it made her a very unlikable character and it kind of made her a very b-list c-list character and now that she's a-list with an oscar award-winning actress playing her you know it would be the best time to kind of retcon that and say hey guys we know that we messed up we're gonna fix it i don't know just my two cents um let me go to another disney movie that seems to be happening uh tron yeah is getting a third movie and it's starring everybody's favorite weirdo, Jared Leto. Yeah. Yeah, uh, th- my sentiments exactly. It seems like uh, Hollywood still is giving this man lead movies. We'll have to see what Morbius does, but I don't really have a lot of faith in him, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I like his music. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of roles that like 
you know, Dallas Buyer, Buyers Club was, um, he was great in. Obviously, yeah. he won an Oscar in. But. Early Jared Leto know, was great. I, yeah, but lately, like, you know, um, he was kind of lackluster in uh, the um, Blade Runner. Yeah, that whole movie sequel. was lackluster. That should have been called lackluster. <laughs> um, and then, you know, obviously our, his take on Joker was kind of uh, forgettable Yeah, in, in, in my mind. So he hasn't really done a whole lot that I uh, have confidence in. And, you know, I'll hold judgment to Morbius, but I just... I was I was thr- thrilled when Tron uh they said Tron was coming because I love the first Tron. Um the second Tron movie Tron Legacy was I thought good. I think it was Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. No. Um but when I saw that I was like Tron's coming. I was like okay, cool. And then it said with uh Jared Leto. I was like, "Oh." Yeah. Uh, the this take this here's the silver lining of this. The director is is awesome. It's Garth Davis, and he did one of my favorite Dev Patel movies, Lion, uh, a beautiful movie. Almost made me cry that movie, uh, which isn't saying anything because I'll watch the Dodo for 15 minutes and I'll end up crying. But uh, take just take it with a grain of salt. You have Jared Leto. I think that they're gonna put a huge, not a huge cast, but a great cast around him. Uh, maybe Olivia Wilde comes back. Maybe Garrett Hedlund comes back, and we'll see what happens. Um, it seemingly was released that the it's going to be called Tron Ares because Jared Leto tweeted, I am part of Tron Ares, and then immediately deleted it. Um, I know it was supposed to be called Ascension uh, back in like 2012 when they were going to make the new one. So we'll see. But I'm going to stay cautiously optimistic. Uh, I'll hold my judgment until I see trailers and until I see the movie because uh, trailer, trailers may not really do it justice. So I'll wait until I see it. Uh, here's something I'm not going to hold my judgment on because I'm super pumped about it. I texted you about it. We kind of discussed it. But John Wick 4 and 5 are going to shoot back to back. Uh, John Wick 4 is coming to theaters next, uh, well, two years from now. Um, Memorial Day weekend in uh, 2022, so May 27th, 2022. That seems so far away saying it, but it is what it is. Uh, and the other good part is Chad Stahansky and Derek Kolstad are going to return to write and direct respectively. So... What do you think? What do you think about John Wick 4 and 5 coming? I'm excited. I love the three movies. Uh, I did tell you I was a little pessimistic about it because I, I just don't want the story to get stale. Yeah. Um, I do love that the creative team's back and everyone's going to be working on it. It's not, you know, they're not getting four or five directors for four or five different movies and this writer is this and this writer is that. Um the fact that Kolstad is writing it again, obviously he created this world and he knows his world and he's expanding on it, which is great. I just hope the story doesn't get stale. That's my biggest you know, fear. Yeah, I think that what's going to happen is I think that this is going to kind of turn into the assassin, gun genre franchise like Fast and the Furious. But it's not going to turn into Fast and the Furious where you have to have this huge ensemble cast and, you know, it's they're just doing crazier stunts with cars like launching them off of bridges and catching them on tow trucks and the helicopters and weird stuff like that. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But what I do think is going to happen is this is going to be that go to the theater movie 
see everything and see how creative they can get with the action sequences as far as guns and fighting and close quarters and camera angles and stunts and stuff like that. I don't think it's going to be crazy stunts, but I think it's going to be something along the lines of like this is this could get nine movies if Keanu still wants to do it and people still go see it. Yeah, and he said he's going to do it until he stops. Yeah, you know, we thought he, we thought John Wick 3 was the end. We talked yeah. about it on the podcast. And he said he's going to do it and, you know, and as long as the fans want it, he'll keep doing it. Yeah. So and like I said, that that's great. I just don't want the story getting stale. So I hope they um able to keep keep it fresh and uh put a good spin on it every time so uh the story can continue. I think that story has so many layers and it's like it's like a huge pyramid scheme and John Wick's at the bottom and he's got his workers way up to the top of that order. Um, starting with, you know, the auditor and the adjudicators and stuff like that. And that's where you see, you see slowly climbing and so slowly getting up there. And there's so many assassins still at large and alive. Halle Berry's still out there. There's redemption for what he did and what she did. So I think that's a good idea. I I don't see the story getting stale, but it's Hollywood. They might be like, all right, get Vin Diesel in there and have him get a motorcycle and flip it onto the blades of a helicopter while it's, you know, sitting at the White House. I don't know, something dumb. All right, and good. The one, th- the one. Let me just. The one thing they do, they don't really throw a lot of big names in there to cloud it and make it murky. Yeah, the biggest name they added was Boban Marjanovic. <laughs> There's like 48 letters in there. You know, uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Halle Berry might be the biggest names they brought in, and their role isn't huge. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like someone trying to overstep or. Um, you know, too big for the britches of John Wick, and I and I like that they're getting people that they you do recognize maybe uh, you know un, lesser known cast like Common, you know Common was the big adversary in the second one and he was great, mm-hmm. and so that's the one thing I think they do excel on is that they don't try to like Fast and Furious. I'm going to mention again. They throw Shalice Theron out there. They sh- and, they, you know, the new one is John Cena. Like, Ugh. why do you need to do that? Well, you can't see him, so are yeah. you real? is he really in the movie if you can't see him? You might be right with that. Yeah, exactly. I think, like, the biggest name that they'll add to, like, John Wick franchise is, like, Dave Bautista. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't be mad at it. No. If he was, like, an enforcer, like, didn't have to see, like, like most of his roles, like, he was in, uh, in James Bond. If he was, like, that character... And he just came out and fought John Wick for like 15 minutes, spine busted him, spine busted him, and then John Wick hit him with a DDT and shot him in the face. Okay. I don't know. He might be a little too big for a 15 minute role. No, I don't know about that, man. Did you see My Spy? I did. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't hate that movie. Well, speaking of 15 minute roles, Blade Runner, he was like two minutes in that movie. Yeah. And you know he's got like four pop figures from that movie. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what's wild about it. <laughs> He's got a chase pop figure over a role where he had a helmet on for 10 minutes. So, I don't know. I, I could talk John Wick for hours. This could turn into the active John Wick podcast, but that's maybe for Patreon. Let's hit some rumors because it's always fun to play in this murky water. All right, so have you are you following DC Comics on Instagram? Yes. Have you seen these new posts that they're doing with, um, like, their characters and it's going, like, into TikTok and they're changing characters? Like, it's like yeah, it's okay. weird. So Batwoman was on there, and I was like, "Who is this?" For a second, because I forgot about Batwoman, and 
it brought me to the the link and I was following it and I went down a Batwoman rabbit hole and uh, Batwoman may be cast, uh, casting Whisper. You ever heard of Whisper? No. Okay. So Whisper is essentially a League of Shadows in uh, operative, right? She's kind of like Talia but not as much power. Uh, she first appeared in the comics in April of, 20, uh, of 2000 and has the ability to shapeshift into a snake-like form with venom secretion, hypnosis, and molting powers. So essentially, you're getting a woman who can turn into Ka from the Jungle Book. <laughs> and she's got, like, she's a tall redhead. I'd like to see how they spin that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they don't have the biggest budget. To have a shapeshifter turn into a snake, that's uh, yeah. That looks like some CGI work right there. So yeah, the th- when I saw the pictures of her and she's got this bright red hair, the thing I thought of is she's gonna come in kind of like what happened in Arrow, where uh, Komodo came in and started shooting people with green arrows. I think that she's gonna don a Batwoman suit because she has red hair and she's gonna go out there killing people. And now Cat- uh, Batwoman's gonna be on the run. Um, while having to deal with Scarecrow and Hush and these characters, that might work. You know, kind of like an imposter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not against that. I just I don't see how the snake version no. is going to work. I don't think that's going to happen at all. Uh, but do you know what? They don't have a CGI character on there yet. So, you know, maybe this is their moment. This is their Grodd. This is their, uh, you know, Solomon Grundy. This is their King Shark. Uh, but I don't know. When when I saw that, I was like, "Oh no, what are you doing? Get away from this! Get away from this! This is legends territory. Like Beepo's gonna come walking through the yeah. streets of Gotham." Uh, <laughs> let's move away from that. Uh, Doctor Strange is looking to introduce a character called America Chavez, aka Miss America, but as a child. So I wanted Stephanie Beatrice to play this character from Brooklyn Nine Nine because she's perfect. She looks just like her, but they want to go with a child. And I think this this is why. So America Chavez, Miss America, uh, first showed up in comics in 2011. She's an alien from the utopian parallel with ties to Team Brigade, Young Avengers, A-Force, Ultimates, and the West Coast Avengers. She has standard superhero powers, but she can also fly, has star blast powers, and inter-reality transportation. So her, type, or her ties to the Young Avengers could set up the future Avengers. That's why I think they're trying to introduce more kids. Because think about now, Kate how, Bishop. Kate Bishop's going to be in it, and Kamala Khan, and now you have this, and you have Cassie over at the um, the Ant Man family. So there's a, there's a good amount of kids showing up here. Now, how old are we talking? Like, is she eight years old, twelve years old? They were talking teens. Okay. Yeah, late teens. So they're not they're trying to stay on par with like not Morgan Stark's age, but they're trying to stay with like to look around Haley Steinfeld and the girl who plays Cassie, like these characters. You know who I'm imagining? And um, she's probably about 18, maybe 19, but she looks younger. Is uh, Isabella Moner. Oh, Dora the Explorer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that was successful too, Dora the Explorer. It made some money, so I could see Marvel going for that. I wouldn't be mad at that. No, I mean... uh, she was, you know, I've seen, I didn't see Doherty Explorer. Unfortunately, she was in freaking Transformers. But um, she was, I don't know if you saw Instant Family with Mark Wahlberg. She was pretty good in that. Yeah, she was good in that. 
So, uh, you know, I, I think she's a name on the rise, and that would be, I think, a good take for Marvel to pick up. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at it. Not at all. Um, two more things, then we're going to get out of here. Spider-Man 3 is casting a Joel Kinnaman type. Type? Type. Not Joel Kinnaman. A type. It's, it's Allison Brie all over. That's awful. It's Allison like, Brie all over you, again. Like, how do you say we're going to cast a Joel Kinnaman type? Because it's nicer than saying we're looking for a scumbag. You know who reminds me of Joel Kinnaman, and I don't know why because they don't really look alike, but he's scumbag? Is um, freaking Starman. Who? Oh, Joel, Joel, McHale. Joel McHale, because he's a Joel. Yeah. You, you know who's the Joel Kinnaman type? Gerard Butler. Mm, I don't but, know about that. Yeah, not like not like tall and lanky. Like, I'm a Joel Kinnaman type. I'm 6'5 and skinny, so skinnier. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, it's got to be for Craven, right? Yeah, it's just weird to say a Joel Kinnaman type. Like, I'm just, I can't get over that. Yeah. Um, this is the second time they've they've dropped the type. It was an Allison Brie type, and now it's a, a Joel Kinnaman type. When are they going to cast a Jim DeLulo and Chuck Miller type? Yeah. Jesus, we'll okay. work for free. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, I mean, I would hope Craven, but I don't know. It's just it's a weird casting call. Yeah, it is. And this is a movie that we don't even know the name of it. Are, so let me ask you. It's going to stay on home. Are you set with home run? No. If you had your pick, and I know it's on the spot, but – what what would it be like? Some do you have an idea of what it would be? So what do we have? We have far homecoming, far from home, home alone, home alone. Okay, that <laughs> I, that I mean, listen, he might be alone. No. They've all been talking about all these characters that are going to show up. He might not. He might be alone. I'm sure you came up with something. What do you got? Yeah, man. I think like home run. I get because it's. Like they're saying it's going to take a place in Iceland. He's not going to be in home. He's on the run. But if he's in, if this does take place in Iceland and only place he wants to be, but he's not safe, what about homesick? Yeah, that could work. Right? I wouldn't be mad at it, but Disney gets paid more money than I do. So <laughs> I think they're going to make it so like home court advantage or like battle for home or home front something like that where he's got a home front home front would sound would actually be pretty cool yeah because if you think of the end the last scene like everything's going to be coming to this home turf like it's he's got to defend defend the home front yeah i like that all right ready for the last one last one then we get out of here hit me so rumors are that zoe kravitz is possibly getting a catwoman series i saw that where do you stand? Um, I don't know. That's tough because we haven't seen anything, not even a look yet. We'll see it next so, in two weeks, I think. I mean, I like Zoe Kravitz. Uh, she was great in uh, the second Fantastic piece. She was good in X Men. Um, you know, I'm I'm on board for her as Catwoman, but to see a Catwoman series, I mean, I would have to see how they make the character, how they. You know, um, it's you know it's great to have a good actress like Zoe Kravitz, but it's all about the writing and you know their take on Catwoman. Yeah. You know, it, it could be a rehash of the Halle Berry Catwoman, and that story was awful. No, thank you. So, um, I I'm on board with her as Catwoman, as a series. I would have to see their take on the character itself. I'd like it to be a 
crime noir series where she is a jewel thief. Like we we are led to believe in the comics, she's breaking it. Like she's a criminal, um, and I don't want her to be Bruce Wayne's wife in the very first Batman. And I don't think that that's yeah. going to happen. I'd like this to be a standalone series, but then could coexist with um, with Gotham PD, kind of like the Arrowverse, where they you know they mix they mix ties. Like she jumps over and you know so and so. But this is why I think it's going to work, and this is why I think it's that rumor is going to be reality. She has ties to HBO. She was in Big Little Lies, and that was like an Emmy machine. Um, she's kind of out of work as far as like series go because High Fidelity was canceled on Hulu. But and I I heard that was great too. People are pissed. Like she has a huge following from that, and she led that series. I just think it wasn't what Disney really wanted on Hulu anymore. So I think that one, she's got star power. Um, she's a great actress. Um, and she's a likable face, you know what I mean? She's not like she's not a hate the face person. So I think that she's going to get this series. I think they're going to crush Catwoman. I think the rogues are going to stand out more than Batman in the very first Batman movie because this is just about him becoming Batman. So you need to have established criminals. And I think that they're going to stand out a little bit more. And I think she's going to steal the show, and that's going to lead into her own show. And we're looking at HBO Max. Absolutely. Right? Uh, no, ABC Family. I mean, I'm I'm happy now that we actually get HBO Max. Yeah, we so, get it for free if we're a Comcast subscriber. Shout out to you for finding out that loophole. <laughs> yeah, I I found that, and I've been watching. Well, I've been binging Big Bang Theory, so I've been watching a, a shit ton of HBO Max. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to open up a new segment. Chuck's reviews ten years later. I'm 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 almost done the series. So nice. Uh, um, and then we watched American Pickle the other day. Yeah, we we'll we'll talk about that in in private. That's not a <laughs> that's not an active geek comment, but uh, no. But I will say, um, there's a lot going on. They, those last four were rumors, so take it with a grain of salt. We'll touch base when eventually they're either debunked or they're uh, they're com- they're confirmed. So that's our episode. Next week we're gonna come back and like I said, it's gonna be a DC episode. We're gonna talk about the finale of Star Girl. We're gonna talk about the finale of doom patrol and we're going to talk a little bit about what to expect at dc fandom like the very big free dc comic-con that they're having on august 22nd so do us a favor follow us on social media the active geek on instagram active geek underscore on twitter active geek on facebook support the network by listening to our podcast and listening to galaxy wars every monday support chuck on instagram chuck underscore the active geek ag cosplay uh who's probably going to be getting some dc cosplay ideas from dc fandom and then some very awesome anime cosplays coming up in the near future so follow her on instagram and uh yeah like i said next week we're gonna come back with a dc episode so binge watch star girl and doom patrol if you haven't finished them and uh we're gonna review them we're gonna spoil them so for the active geek podcast i am jim i am chuck and we are out